and welcome to Shay Hanny, the podcast featuring women who've made creative career change. In today's episode, I'm talking to Hannah Kirkbride, a user researcher who left her salaried job to go freelance. Hannah, welcome to the Shay Hanny podcast and thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks so much. Yeah, so happy to be here and finally meet you. Let's begin by hearing about your original job. So tell us what that was and how you got into it in the first place. Of course. So I work as a user researcher in the world of product design. So um, what that is, if people don't know, it's part of the design process. Whenever you're designing anything, you'll take out people, you'll get them to try it maybe give you some feedback on what it's like and then um, feed that back into the design process. So yeah, that was my job. I was kind of speaking to people, interviewing them, asking them about how they found using the products we were developing and then feeding that information back to the design team to tell them how to make it better. And how did you get into that? Did you study design at a university? Um, so I, in school, I really loved maths and art and I was trying to find a way to kind of combine those two passions and I was a bit stuck. I kind of instantly thought about maybe architecture is a good idea. I ended up doing a placement in that and realized it wasn't for me. And then I was actually flicking through a university prospectus just going through the pages trying to find okay which courses ask for maths and art and then I just stumbled across this course called product design engineering which I had I'd never heard of didn't know this was a job that you could do that you could be a designer um it just sounded really appealing sounded like a great way to combine both my um, passion for maths and my interest in art um so I went for it and I studied at Glasgow University I studied product design engineering and I did really love it. It's a great course, had a great time. And after that, I got a job as a design engineer at um, Dyson. So big name, people will have heard of it, especially in the UK, but it's kind of global. So I was designing stuff like their hairdryer. Um, I worked in the hair care innovation team. So that was kind of my first job. I felt so lucky to have found a job at a big company like that as a graduate. So yeah, that was my path into the job. Right. And um and so you work for um for your user design company for how long? So I worked at Dyson for three years as a design engineer. So it was a bit different to what okay. I'm doing now. Um yeah, I'll explain kind of my path from there to what I do currently. Um but the course I studied at university was very like user centric, user focused. So it was all about how can we use design to solve problems for people and using that um, user research process I've spoken about. So taking products, prototypes out to people, asking them for their feedback and their input on the design process and then ideating. So coming up with like, OK, so we've spoken to this person who has this problem. How can we create a product that um, helps to solve it? And then my job I landed with at Dyson was quite the other end of the design process. So it was about like designing for manufacture and like later stages, which to be honest, I didn't love. Um, and I was a bit like, oh, this is this isn't what I thought I wanted to do. Um, 
I managed to make my way into the innovation team there and started to do more of the stuff that I enjoyed. So the research element of it. Um, so I was kind of running user studies with people, employees in the office and was getting them to test out the prototypes that we were making um, and kind of got into, that was my path into it. I love working with people. Yeah. Um, and I felt sometimes like the, especially the later stage process of design was quite like, you'd work by yourself, you'd work mm -hmm. alone. It wasn't very like, you weren't really spending much time with people. So I wove my way into the user research side, which I'm currently in. And then I moved from there to LV, which is a company who make breast pumps, they're a female health company. Yeah. And I spent three years working there as a solely a user researcher now. So I'd kind of decided this is the area that I prefer the most about design. And this is um, where I'm gonna kind of hopefully just focus my career. So yeah, six years in total kind of, but I had a bit of a wiggly path into yeah. it. Yeah. And when and how did you know it was time to start to look for a bit of a change in the way that you were working? Um, I think maybe middle of last year, <clears throat> I started to just feel really drained at the end of every workday. I did really love my job before that, so it came as a bit of a shock, but I just didn't really have any energy at the end of the day. I would come home, I would be like, okay, I need to try and find some energy to make dinner. I'm going to sit on the sofa and watch TV. I kind of just felt a bit stagnated and a bit stuck. And I was, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I really realised that it did take my partner um, to be like, you're not happy, you need to make some sort of change. It's funny how someone like looking from the outside in can sometimes notice stuff yeah. like this a bit more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did for a while, I was like, okay, it takes me a while to leave a job. So I was like, okay, what can I do in the job that I have to make me enjoy the work that I'm doing more? So I tried to do that for a while eventually realized that nothing I'd tried to do had made any difference and I was like okay right what's what could I do I'll start applying for other jobs um and in the application process I kind of realized I don't want to do any of these jobs I'm applying for I wasn't excited about any of them and what became really kind of clear to me it was through that application process I guess that I realized what was important to me and what I needed to do next um so yeah, one of the big things that was really important to me was having a job that allowed like freedom and flexibility. And a lot of the places that I apply for would say like they had flexible working as a bit of a buzzword, but mm. when you kind of dug into it, you'd realize actually this isn't really flexible at all. So um, then I took a bit of a step back and thought, right, if flexibility and freedom is really important, how can I get more of that? And that's when I thought, well, I'll try going self-employed. Mm. Great. And do you know, did you know people in your industry who were already working as self-employed um, and doing the similar kind of job to what you were hoping to do? Yeah. So I had one friend who was really influential on me, my friend Sophie. She did exactly the same role as me. So user research and yeah. design and she'd gone self-employed and she just seemed to be living the dream, to be honest. She was like <laughs> doing all this traveling, working for all these companies. And she gave me a lot of confidence that it was yes. possible. Yeah. I think people often say, if you can't see it, you can't believe it. And yeah, that I think seeing that someone had done it before me 
was um, a real confidence booster that made me think it was possible. How long did it take you then to formulate your um, escape plan to get (laughs) to the point of being self-employed? Probably took me, I think I was quite quick in it. Um, And in hindsight, I'm going to, I'm wondering whether I'm going to look back and think, kind of wish I'd been a bit more strategic about it we'll see (laughs) but I think it was maybe four or so months I decided this is what I'm going to do and um I spent a bit of time tracking like the contract work that would be available if I was to be like a contractor saw there was quite a lot of that coming up I was like logging the um job postings I saw that gave me confidence there was work available um I started having like coffee meetups with people on LinkedIn and saying like oh you're freelance in my industry I'd love to chat to you they seem to be working making it work that gave me a lot of confidence and then just did things like posting being a bit more visual on LinkedIn writing a sub stack trying to create a bit more online visibility because I basically had none of that I didn't post anywhere and I knew that would be quite key for being self-employed is having some sort of online visibility so once I'd done those things I also spent a bit of time looking at my finances and saving which is something I like to do when I become unhappy in a job I think it's a good idea to then start putting some money away to kind of plan your exit strategy um once I'd done those things I thought I'm just going to hand in my notice and just kind of take a leap of faith because I could think about this thing forever and just not do it yeah um yeah so that's what I did I don't know whether I'm gonna regret that later down the line (laughs) because I'm still in the early stages but we'll see and have so you've you've just I think in the last few weeks you've just kind of officially become freelance haven't you because I think you've been away on 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 holiday and then and you've come back and now you're you're sort of living the the freelance life um (laughs) and have the benefits of that started to manifest themselves for you already um yeah so one big benefit that you mentioned I guess was being able to take a big holiday I finished my job Mm. I took three weeks out and it's quite hard in um, most jobs, I think, to take a holiday that's longer than two weeks. So that was amazing to have a properly long holiday. I think the last three years have been full on for a lot of people mm-hmm. with the pandemic and all of the stress of that. So um, that was a real fir- first benefit. And one of the big things I'm hoping to do more of by being self-employed is having more time to travel and take longer breaks. Um, and... I also really am I'm hopeful that I'll be able to do a bit, have a bit more of a multifaceted career. So although I'm excited about research and still continuing that, I'm quite excited about having other arms of my career and doing lots of different things, maybe involving a bit more creativity into what I do, because I mentioned at the start, I, I loved art in school and I've kind of lost quite a lot of that creativity mm-hmm. in the job that I do um so I've started going to a painting an oil painting course on a Tuesday afternoon which is something I couldn't do if I was in a full-time job which I'm loving um I've started writing a substack newsletter which is writing is something I've never done before I never thought I was a writer um but I'm really loving that and surprised myself like this and it feels quite creative as well that act of writing I never thought of writing as a creative thing I don't know why um, I guess in school I used to get a bit 
bogged down by like having to do all these essays and stuff um so yeah there's quite a few things I feel much more energized and excited by a lot of things so I'd say that's a big benefit that's manifested quickly and have you had any moments of regret or panic so far (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of moments of panic less so regret I would say um on the regret piece I think I just know I want to give it a go and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out I'll hopefully just get another permanent role somewhere um so I know I'm not going to regret trying effectively and I keep reminding myself that so there's that not any regret there but there's a lot of panic or fear (laughs) and self-doubt like am I going to be able to make this work the economic climate right now is not great was this the best time to pick to do this to go alone to be self-employed am I going to find any work is this going to work out lots of like spiraling questions like that I have to kind of make sure don't take over yeah do you think the writing maybe helps a little bit with dealing with some of those thoughts yeah you know what I've never thought about that but yeah that definitely does help to just get your thoughts out there put them on a page and then especially when other people respond like oh yeah I've totally experienced that or like they're on the other side of it looking back like I remember feeling that way it's quite comforting yeah because I I read your I think I read your Substack post yesterday and you were um, writing about um, things that in your own head you kind of within the past maybe thought weren't our thing and I think we you and I both had a, a conversation that um because it, it struck a chord with me that when I was younger I was my parents and my sort of family would always go well you're the one that's good at maths and my brother was kind of like oh you're good at English and for some reason that kind of put something in my head that like writing wasn't really a thing that that I did because numbers were my thing even though I'm not totally sure that, that was true either but um and and that kind of I guess slightly put me off doing a lot of written things because I just did what I had to do for school and then didn't really do English after um, GCSE and and I think you said that you kind of had a similar similar experience um, and so what what kind of brought you to Substack and how did you kind of find writing I'm interested in that yeah I was thinking about this the other day. I think what brought me to it was um, Jessica Defino is a writer who I love who writes about the beauty culture and the beauty industry and basically how it's all just built on making women feel terrible about themselves to sell them stuff that they don't need. And I just like this resonated so much with me and she was writing on Substack and she had paid tier and I was like you know what this is something I really want to support because I feel like we need this writing in the world there's so much writing in magazines that tells you the opposite and selling all these products and making women feel terrible about the way they look um so she got me into Substack and then oh I did a female confidence course called Upfront and it was all about um how building a writing habit can be really beneficial to your career publishing stuff online um can increase your visibility your confidence can lead to loads of exciting opportunities um and how women are often feel like they don't have anything interesting to say or they don't have the confidence they don't think um 
they feel like everyone said it better than them before those sorts of things yeah so that really inspired me I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a go I'm gonna write something and I also knew I was hoping to go freelance or self-employed so I thought it'll probably help in that area too um and I was surprised because like you like you said I I was like more mathematical in school English wasn't really my subject um and I've never really done any writing and I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed the process yeah Yeah. how about you how did you get into it it's very similar to be honest that um I hadn't really ever done any writing and um Emma Gannon was the kind of was the person who got me into Substack I I think I read a couple of her books and then followed her on Instagram and then kind of followed her over to Substack when she started it and similar to what you describe um she added a paid level and I was felt so strongly about what I was reading and that I enjoyed it and it was worth paying a bit of money for that I I subscribed to her and then I guess after that I started to kind of poke around Substack and realize that there was so much more to it than just one person's newsletter and then in the summer once I'd finished given up my um, full-time job I had a bit of time and um I started sort of looking at it a bit more. I think that's when I found your um, Substack page, actually, and uh, and just became inspired by reading lots of other people's work that maybe there was something that maybe that was something I could do, and maybe having a go at writing it wasn't the worst thing in the world, and probably nobody I knew was going to be looking at it to start with because I wasn't really going to tell them about it, <laughs> yeah. um, which I didn't to start with. Um, I, I didn't really tell anyone that I was doing it. I just kind of started it and thought, I'll just see what happens. And then gradually I've kind of become a bit more confident about, about what I'm doing and, and shared it a little bit more widely. Um, but yeah, like you, just I've I love getting my thoughts down on in writing. It just there's something really um cathartic about it, I think. And mm-hmm. I think it helps to work through thoughts and problems sometimes or whether that's you know work related stuff or just stuff going on in my head um and just the connections make made with other people just seem really really positive and really lovely so so far it's been a really nice place just to kind of yeah write some stuff meet some people and uh and see where it goes I think I mean yeah this podcast has come out of that essentially um yeah it was only through yeah starting the substack and starting to tell my story that I realized that it was resonating with other people who'd not necessarily you were in exactly the same situation but there were elements of the situation that they associated with and Mm -hmm. just thinking that other people had had a story to tell so let's try and find a way of of, of sharing it so yeah and I, I think it's really interesting how how one creative thing leads to a different creative thing and actually all those creative things then start to come together and and they're not separate yeah um yeah so yeah anyway that we've we've sidetracked a little bit but um I think it's really interesting um talking about how we've we've come to that um back to your um going uh freelance were your family and friends supportive of your decision and were any of them confused or surprised that you wanted to suddenly make this change um yeah, I'd say my family and friends were really supportive. My partner's a huge support for me. He's always kind of giving me that self-belief that sometimes I don't have. So I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it work. And I don't know if I'm experienced enough to be self-employed. And he um, 
kind of said to me so many times you're so good at what you do and you can definitely do it and thinking think of all the people out there who are much less experienced than you who are going for it and making it work and just like almost tricking people <laughs> like there's yeah. probably loads of people out there who are kind of just winging winging their way successfully yeah. you've got all this experience you can definitely do it so he was really instrumental in building that confidence um my dad was also I thought um when I told him he would be a bit kind of almost worried or concerned you know leaving that secure job with a big company trying to go alone but I was really surprised by his response because he'd done a similar thing I hadn't even realized it's funny how we pay no interest in our parents <laughs> careers when we're young <laughs> but he'd done a similar thing to me um and had gone self-employed or gone contractor in his job a similar time in his life and he said he didn't regret it at all and he thought I could make a great go of it so yeah I was a bit nervous telling people that they were going to be a bit worried for me you're losing job security is it going to work but almost everyone in my life has been really supportive even my old job who I left they were all like yeah we're really rooting for you we hope you can make it work like this is great you're giving it a go so yeah I was really, it was really lovely. That's particularly nice that your old colleagues and your old workplace supported it as well. And do you think they, will there be some work that possibly comes from that direction occasionally, do you think? Yeah, I'm hopeful there might be. Um, we'll see. But definitely, I think it's good to leave a job with a good relationship. So that's an option. Definitely. I, I think that's really important. And I, I felt very similar when I left my job that I wanted to leave um, on a real positive and kind of when I was feeling like I was still doing a, a good job and hadn't become so kind of grumpy about it that I yeah. you know, that the unhappiness was maybe um, shown in my work and I think yeah having good relationships with with colleagues that you've you've left is always a, a really positive thing going forward um, so yeah definitely really good um, and just touching back to what you said about having confidence um, to do the thing do you think that's something that as women we're not as good at um compared with men yeah I so I love thinking about like gender socialization I find it so fascinating something I struggle with is being like all women are like this and all men are like this because there's so many differences isn't there between one woman to the next and but I do think that women are socialized to be take less risks to be more kind of safe in their decision making perhaps to be more like nurturing and caring for others rather than like I'm going for this Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for me I'm taking this big leap um and I think I think a lot of women do struggle with confidence I've been on quite a journey with confidence myself and I've taken I mentioned that upfront Mm -hmm. female confidence course it's run by Lauren Curry if anyone's interested to check out so I've done that course I've done a coaching course called she rises with confidence so the fact that there are so many of these like female confidence like coaching courses out there kind of says it all really Mm. um I've also read an amazing book that I'd recommend called um playing big by Tara Moore and that's all about how exactly what we've spoken about I guess that women are often less more risk averse Mm. they don't want to take as many risks they kind of play small in their life so um, her book is amazing is an amazing way to explore how we can kind of take more risks and um, play big go for big things take big leaps and that was really inspiring to me 
they all sound really great. Um, I, after this, I'm going to get the links to all of those so I can put them in the uh, in the podcast show notes because I think yeah. other people might be interested in checking out the book and the and the courses as well that you've done. Definitely. Um, we've touched on this quite a bit already, but um, has going freelance enabled you to live a more creative life so far? Do you think? Yeah, I would say resoundingly yes. I think the big thing was I was feeling so drained in my job and I just didn't have any energy for anything else really. It was taking up, I think work's tiring in itself, but when you're not feeling energized about that work that you do, it's even more tiring. So you come home from the work day and you're just so drained and you just don't have the energy to do anything creative. And creativity I think does take energy. Um, so since leaving, I've just felt so full of ideas, possibilities. I know you've spoken about this as well, about feeling like an ideas volcano. <laughs> and I can so relate to that. This is what it feels like. I think once you free up yourself to have a bit more space, you'll be surprised by how many ideas come yeah. to you and how much excitement you have. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? I, I find myself, I kind of almost look forward to waking up in the morning and seeing what what the day brings in terms of ideas and thoughts and and I never really used to feel like that when I was going to my regular <laughs> day job you know it was kind of like oh god can I stay in bed a little bit longer but now I, I've just yeah I have the energy um physical energy but also um I guess the mental energy to kind of want to see what the day holds and yeah it's yeah it's great isn't it <laughs> It is great. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's hard, I guess, because I think you either have a lot of time in the life, you either have money or you have time. Yes. So although I've got a lot of time at the minute, financially, it, I'm not doing so well. I'm not in that yeah. paid job. So I think it's finding, somehow finding a balance. So yeah. you're financially stable and you have the time to come up with the, these ideas and have the space to be creative. Um, and hopefully... I'll find that balanced <laughs> I'm sure you will and I think perhaps what we underestimate when we're thinking about taking a risk like this is how much kind of when you're in a situation that necessitates something you find a way don't you, you find a way yeah. to kind of um make it work whereas perhaps when that necessity isn't there it, the ideas don't need to come they don't need to flow in the same way um so, so true. There's a little bit of that going on I don't know but I'm, it'd be really interesting to see I guess to reflect back on this conversation in a year or so and kind of see where where you feel you're kind of at with it and whether um what you'd hoped for is is kind of working out and um I'm sure it will be I, I have every, every yeah. confidence that what you're doing is probably the right thing and you um you know you're going to make it work really well um, my final question is, do you have any advice for somebody listening who might be considering making a career change and perhaps is, is feeling a little bit unsure about what to do? Yeah, great question. Um, I guess I'll start any advice with a caveat that I'm still very early on into this transition. I'm a couple of weeks in and I don't have any paid work as a freelancer yet. So I don't feel like I can be like the gospel of here's how to make it work. And this is the solution. Uh, so big caveat there. But I would say that there's loads of people out there making like a more creative or non-traditional kind of career work and the more you look around the more you find those people and 
I think that just gave me a huge amount of confidence to be like, this is possible. Look at all these people who are making it work. If they can do it, hopefully I can too. And I think having that confidence and belief in yourself is so important. Um, finding like community um, connections who you can speak to and learn from um, people who are going to kind of like fly your flag and cheer you on along the way. I think those things are super important when you're taking a big risk or a big leap like mm. this um yeah I think that that would be my main advice great well thank you so much um thank you for giving up your time to talk to me today and share your journey with um with the listeners and I wish you so much success um happiness and creativity in your new freelance life and I'm going to be following your Substack with so much interest um over the coming months so thank you thank you so much Hannah it's been great it's amazing to finally meet you after reading your amazing Substack for so long I feel like I know you so well already but I'll be following on along to your journey closely too thank you so much that was Hannah Kirkbride talking to Hannah Ash on the Shea Hanny podcast Hannah has a Substack page called the research objective where you can follow her freelance career journey I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to sharing the next one with you very soon